0: Welcome. You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast Nordics, a podcast constructed to enrich our tech community by connecting some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordics region. I am Christopher Ashbridge, and I help connect businesses with talented freelancers and I will be your host. Today I am joined by Bjorn, Engineering Manager at Luna, and Therese, um, Engineering Manager at Machi, Victor, senior sourcing manager at Scania Group, and last but not least, um, Andreas, co-founder of Artago. And here we are talking about remote leadership and culture. But before we go into the actual topic, let's do a round of introductions.
1: Bjorn, would, would you like to go first? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Yeah, so my name is Bjorn. Uh, I'm an engineering manager with Lunar. Uh, I've been with the company for um, uh, well five and a half years. Uh, we are a uh, banking startup, fintech startup. Um, I have a background in engineering, uh, software engineering before that, but turned into management uh, just short of a year ago. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, the the overall bio of me. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. Therese, would you like to go
2: next sure my name is therese and i am currently working as an engineering manager at a company called machai as you just said and uh, Machai is a platform for the global racket sports community so uh, with the help of our products you can as a player uh, and end user book and play stream games organize competitions tournaments and of course for our clients we also help out with the venue setups and the running business full administration of venues um, so We work together with a lot of different actors in order to, in the end, make people, you know, play more racket sports. And in my day-to-day job, I work and support uh, a product team uh, that is responsible for the player experience on the web and in the app. And I've been working here for a little bit over a year. And prior, I worked in similar roles within HR tech and before that, in different IT roles. Yeah, since 2007. So, yeah, that's about me.
0: Okay, awesome. Sounds pretty fun. Uh, Moving on, Victor, you're next.
3: Yeah, thank you. Uh, Victor is my name. Senior sourcing manager from the truck manufacturer Scania, uh, located in South Stockholm. I've been in the company for the last ten years and a half, pretty much working purchasing all the time. Many roles within the purchasing department. Uh, Currently working with IT. So new software developments, uh, applications, pretty much everything that goes to our operations that it is connected to IT, usually I'm also taking care of with my colleagues from the technical uh, technical side.
0: Oh, nice. Thank you very much. And last but not least, um, Andreas. Yes. So, uh, yes, my name is Andreas
4: and I uh, have been in the tech industry with recruitment for the past uh, 15 years now been working uh yeah both as employed at uh, companies such as uh, Google and LinkedIn and then at uh, netlight a Swedish consulting company but then uh, two years ago I uh, founded my first own company and since uh, a bit more than half a year we have uh, started a new company and another uh, business partner which uh, which is called tagro where we have uh, we are introducing a new way of hiring where we support companies usually between two to six hours with uh, closing recruitment so it's a very intense experience uh, we have uh, we're doing a hands-on recruitment sessions together with uh, usually founders or uh, top management in the companies so uh, yeah and then i'm a jazz musician at the side yeah
0: there's a jazz musician plus your 50 odd in- instruments as well into the side there fantastic fantastic well thanks for the introduction from you all and now We've all understood who we are and what we do. Let's move on to the topic at focus. Um, We've all spoke about remote leadership and culture before. Now we're going to a little bit more detail. And I know each of you came with a question or phrase that you'd like to discuss. So Therese, we'll start with you. You came to me with a question saying, how do you create and build a great culture when your team is semi-remote? Can you just elaborate further for me, please?
2: Yes, so <clears throat> with semi-remote, I mean when your team are sort of hybrid, so when you have a few people working completely remote and then the rest, the majority, I would say, works together at the office or at some place together most of the time. So that is what I mean by that. And I th- think that most of the challenges that I see connected to, to this is for scale-up companies. So. When you scale as a company you tend to grow very fast as well and usually prior to this growth uh, the whole team has been located in the same office or area maybe so you're pretty much used to seeing everyone in the office but As you grow and you hire more people, uh, they are located then at different locations. And that's when these new type of challenges uh, arise, I would say. Uh, And where I see most of these challenges are within areas like inclusion. I mean, how do you make everyone feel included? Uh, Information and knowledge sharing and also with engagements. Um, So these are the the challenges that I see uh, here. And I guess I have a lot of questions. To this topic as well, uh, connecting, to, connecting to this. So, I mean, should you as a company start very early uh, to work with the end goal in mind? I mean, if that goal that in the future you want to become a company with a remote first culture, and in that case, how do you even begin? What steps should you start to take in order to reach this uh, remote first type of atmosphere and mindset uh, throughout the whole company? Um, how do you make sure information gets communicated in a way that is easily obtained uh, by employees, depending on needs, depending on time zones, working hours, etc.? what structures need to be in place, what processes. Um, so there's a lot of questions to this uh, that I think yeah, it's very important to discuss. Uh,
0: yeah. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. So guys, what we'll do here, just anyone wants to jump in, feed, feel back their own thoughts and we'll create discussion around this. Who would like to go first well oh, vector you seem determined
3: <laughs> now i mean i think that's quite a valid question i think we've been all struggling a little bit how to, to make this more uh natural since the moment we we were i mean heavily hit by 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 the pandemic and then, of course, we start to move into this new era where we are working semi remote or completely remote, depending on the company, depending on the organization. So, i would say, I mean, from from the experience that I had uh, and the struggles that I that I've been seeing from from the management as well, uh, they try to create some kind of atmosphere where we are pretty much doing things like. Uh, initiate to open the cameras when we have the meeting. So try to create some connections on a face to face. So at least you push or not push, but you try to create some empathy with the team. Try to share more, you try to create more uh, time together. So in Sweden, it's pretty much common to have some kind of Fika time during the afternoons. So try to book some time with the others. So at least you create some empathy. So we've worked a lot in this uh, social aspect uh because we are just physically distant we we are not social this uh socially distant from each other so we try to bridge this a little bit with the tools we had at the time and uh but of course every time employing someone someone new it's it's always uh, pretty much a challenging uh, i would say
4: i uh, one uh, one thing uh, i think uh I think some reflections so so uh my current I am a, a part-time consultant uh, at a big employer in Sweden uh, as well at the at the moment and we have put together a, a big like a working agreement or a policy and and also really connecting that to hybrid work uh, and then um, so so which is like it covers both like for you as a facilitator and for every participant in every meeting. And especially since we, uh, yeah, a lot of things that we do year, uh, during the days are having those meetings, hybrid or online meetings. So like this becomes like a really uh, uh, central document uh, for us. Like how do we want to relate to each other in the meeting? How do we want to work around it when there are some people in the room and some are, uh, are remote uh, how do we handle like uh, companion mode and those things so that everyone is like educated around those matters and uh, and we had um, a while ago so we we had like one month that bit within this month every team of like the 300 employees in in this tech organization so every team within this month should have a, a separate workshop with uh, that could be five, ten people in every team where you actually go through this whole manual or like the policy or guiding guiding documents. so, so that could be like yeah. yeah, at least help and like spark a conversation around uh, yeah those challenges be one thing
1: yeah i think um there are there are a lot of great questions in there theresa so um i think i want to address just a couple of them at least um from my perspective and, and the history of luna we are um effectively a small enterprise at this point the bank but started out as a fintech startup uh just about seven years ago so i think it, it very much depends on like the are you a large uh, enterprise or organization that has already gotten a lot of processes, a lot of ways of working and now transitioning as Victor said, like the pandemic is coming. Uh, are you trying to find your way in a new semi-remote uh, setup, or are you more like starting from scratch, more greenfieldish, ish uh, trying to figure out what to, to do with these things? And I can only really speak around the, the startup part of things because that's where I know the most, but at least for us, Um, we've been building a lot of the company around autonomy and that has somewhat helped us a lot in these cases because with very autonomous teams and cross-functional teams, you also don't need as much coordination and culture drive between these groups of people. Like you can build a lot of culture with a small team quite more easily than you would with a whole company. Um, That is, is, of course, you need to To make sure that you don't create small culture silos or or something like that but but still it's easier if you just have a small team of say five people uh, jumping on a call or doing some some kind of um, culture activity so to speak Um, another thing that that i think is very important and that might especially be when when you have like an existing larger organization is that you need the leadership buy-in to actually accept that this is a new way of working, and to build great culture, you mentioned it, information flow as well. Like you can't really say we want to be remote. Uh, we want to celebrate uh, being remote and work asynchronously, while still requiring everyone to be like attending an all hands every other week, where you either are there and get the information, or you're lost because you didn't get the information. So you really need to buy into the information flows that remote work requires. I think that's at least one of the points that can be forgotten, that you actually need to change the way the company communicates with a lot of documents, with a lot of uh, processes, sounds negative, but more like just writing down, getting a good culture of writing down, why are we in meetings? What's the outcome of meetings? And so on and so forth. I think that's...
3: Changing the tools a little bit, right?
1: Yeah, exactly, like you <laughs> need to figure out So usually we're just sitting in the room and we can stand up and say, Hey, I got a new idea. How are we going to actually make that possible in the new setup? Is that having an open meeting that everyone can just jump into or um, acknowledging that you can't have meetings where some are physically present and some are remote? Um, I guess we have all been in a meeting where we were the one remote and the rest is in room and just having a discussion flowing and you can't really participate. So like figuring out how can we actually work with these things in a new way and accepting that this requires something new. And I think that's the beginning of actually starting to build up a culture where you accept this and can then figure out where is the beautiful parts of being a remote uh, first company.
2: Mm. I think that those are really important points that you bring up there. So how you can like share information is super important, um, I think. Um, And connected a little bit to that with policies and processes. I think it's also very important that you have like a clear offering like a benefit package that you kind of package it and like I don't know what you want to call it HR handbook or similar but I think that you should have something at the core like that uh, so uh, that you're able to communicate around that in a very clear way. Because uh, I think otherwise you can have challenges with retention and attracting also uh, the talent. So I think that's important for sure.
3: I I think the the, the challenging part is what what you mentioned in the beginning. There is how to uh, create such atmosphere where they will start sharing more, Mm. collaborate more to each other. I think that that has been, I think, one of the biggest challenges we've been seeing.
2: Mm. Because prior maybe you're so used to just, uh, you know, see each other at the coffee machine and you share like informal information or you just talk to each other more like um in those kind of ways but now you have to get into more of a habit of writing things down and sharing it that way um so yeah i i agree it's hard to maybe change the way people share information as well
1: yeah i think also maybe it's more like a fundamental part of it because Culture is, I don't know if it, it's by any official uh, definition, but at least to my definition, culture is the product of how everyone is working in the organization. So it's not something that we can like say we want this culture or like we can, of course, say we want to strive towards getting this culture, but the culture is still built upon the conversations that we have with each other. So. If you have an organization that is maybe invisibly sharing a lot of important information over the coffee machine talks Mm. then that could actually be an indicator of a communication or information flow issue in in some other parts of the organization but that's not to say that these coffee talks are not as much important to the people so this is more like on a personal uh, people connection level that you want to make sure that people are engaged and they um, want to stay with the company and feel that they get to know each other and, and so on and so forth. But yeah, having that in mind, that great culture can't really be the, the goal in itself. It, we need some better guidelines. And again, if, if, if say, senior management sets out, let's say, this is how we want to be. Like, we want to be remote first. That can be a strategic decision from from the the senior management. Then we need to figure out how can we then make sure that the culture we currently have can actually survive into a more virtual space. Um, I've seen a lot of uh, attempts with uh, like virtual coffee chats where you're just getting like on a Slack, get mixed with someone else and start a conversation and trying to like make that uh, physical experience show up in the virtual places. Uh, But to be honest, I haven't really found a good way to do it because it, it is hard to, create these more uh, organic interactions uh, that you Mm. get just passing someone on the the street or at the coffee machine.
2: Yes I agree it is a challenge I think we can always help by enabling like you can provide tools and so on but I think yeah you need guidelines and you need structured and like good ways of uh, letting people know how to use the tools or how to uh, I think.
1: Yeah, another thought that just popped into my head really uh, is that uh, we want to make sure that everyone knows these rules. Um, and what I mean by that is, um, if everyone starts to work remotely and they're somewhat out of their comfort zone of doing so, like uh, how do they manage private life, work life, if their everything just get mixed up a bit because they're forced to be home due to pandemics and so. Um, Then we need to also make sure that everyone knows that it is okay to jump on a call just to chat about your cat or like these conversations that are more natural, but we want to maybe um, be the first ones to do this. So open every meeting with actually talking about something on not meeting related or um, increase the lengths of meetings just to have this like 10 minutes heat warmer conversation to just get things started and catch up with each other. Um, and that can, like, yeah, uh, maybe at least accelerate the feeling of this is something natural. Yeah, I can just connect with you uh, over a, a call, just as I would with the coffee machine.
2: Yeah. Mm, for sure. To work with like uh, check in questions and so on. Uh, I think, you, yeah, from experience, we try to work with that. But I think in the beginning, it doesn't feel natural at all. But you need to keep doing it in order to. To make it become natural
0: if I, if I might just jump in there i know i was speaking to one of my clients and um, he was uh, one of the senior engineers at Storytel, and um, what they did was at the start of the pandemic they realized that the office space is going to be compromised and that a lot of people would feel disconnected as such so they they created a tool they used a tool which was a virtual office space and it looked like um don't know if you ever played the old school Pokemon on like the Game Boy Color, and you, it'd just be an office space, and you're just look carried on. You'd be able to walk around and say, if Andreas, you're on the other side of the office by the water cooler, I could walk up to Andreas, and I know he's open to have a conversation, he's open to talk. But if I know, say, Victor was sat at his desk, he wouldn't wanted to be disturbed he's on his desk he's working so it's a great little like sort of virtual office space to use now i'm not sure how well it would work in different scenarios but that's i know that was one of the things that came with the pandemic was these sort of virtual office spaces that did look like a little bit of a video game but it was quite fun and interactive to use so maybe that's something could could be beneficial to yourself if you are struggling to get some workplace culture going with and some of the team are semi remote Mm -hmm. Hmm. Well, a little bit of a fun one anyway. Um, anyway, Therese, did you, did you, have you sort of got what you needed from everyone there?
2: Yes, I think so. It was a nice start to the conversation.
0: <laughs> okay, fantastic, fantastic. What well, we'll do, we'll move on then. Um, Victor, will come to you next. Now, Victor, um, <clears throat> the first part of the question that you came to me with was how to ensure a successful onboarding process when a team is working remotely. Now, can you just elaborate a bit further for me, please?
3: Yeah, of course. I mean, during this is was pretty much during the pandemic times, but I think it's quite connected to your first question today, but then, and also with the subject of the podcast. And then we were in the team, and then we had one open recruitment, uh, and a new colleague came to uh, came to our team. And then even though in our company, we have this uh, uh, mentoring program. So someone in the team takes care of the person in the beginning, you know, to explain the process, explain the the, the culture and how we work and these kind of things. It was uh, the struggle was to pretty much how to make to make this person a part of the team, how to, but not not in a way that he was not Part is not involved, but you know the, the feeling to to belong to the team, so to say. So this was uh, something that took quite many months. So it start to you know get used to everyone, to feel comfortable, to uh, to share about the weekend or to ask questions. And even though we 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 came back from from the office a, a couple of times per week. Uh, There are many, many teams not working in the office. So this is, uh, it's happening on ongoing basis, I would say. So I think that that's my main question.
2: Cool,
0: cool. Very nice indeed. Who would like to take points here?
2: Um, Well, I think some reflections, I think it's, it is hard it's tricky i think at least you have to start with like you you mentioned there you had some sort of process that you had a mentor or buddy i I think that's the basics of course you have to have that you have to have support from like an hr or people and culture team that they also help out with the onboarding process of the employee of course Um, but then i think it's important to talk in the team like how do we onboard Uh, newcomers into our team how do we make them feel welcome so you even that you set like a process within the team as well that is more uh, yeah unique for that team i think that's important to set up from my experience yeah
1: i very much agree like getting we, we can only do so much with systems and processes here but it is really how do one feel part of a team and that team also needs to acknowledge how can we Uh, take someone new into this team and make it a whole. Um, What we've been doing is is very much the body program, making sure that someone is available all the time for discussion and also having an agreement in the team that this is not someone who's to be available. This is also someone who will uh, be proactive, like sit on a call and fix the first tasks with this teammate, just be on the call, just like you would sitting Beside the regular desk, you don't need to be talking about anything, but just having it so easy that I can just open my mouth and ask a question and someone else will hear it. Um, So having this conversation in the team of how can we get this new employee uh, merged into the team? Of course, there's a lot of the usual onboarding stuff that needs to be like it gets very clear if you don't have a clear onboarding process in general. those can somewhat be okay if you're physically present, because then everything organically just kind of solves itself. Like, oh, you just need to talk with uh, someone at that desk and everything is going to be fixed. Uh, That becomes like so obvious when you're remote that there's just no, there's a missing link here somewhere. um, And those things needs to be be in touch. But yeah, I very much agree with uh, Theresa here in getting the team to figure out how they want to absorb a new member to become part of the new team uh, is something that that i think is is super um, important both remote and not remote but but especially when we're doing remote onboardings
4: yeah i'm thinking about the more or less exactly the same things as you were uh, thinking, uh, talking about the, both therese and and beyond uh, about the uh, one so one part is, uh, if, if possible, if you, for instance, if you have a, a colleague that, that are working on similar topics, or even though it's not similar topics, to have some kind of a co-work, even though you're remote, and try to, like, uh, that someone in the team or, or uh, like, uh, someone in the team is responsible for every week, just, like, booking new, co-working uh, sessions where you you don't even need to say anything to each other but just having each other there and maybe the first five ten minutes just checking in and you can be on mute and but just having a, a feeling of uh, not being alone especially remote i think that's uh, that's very very valuable and and then uh, uh, so that's <clears throat> and that that's one part of it uh, then when it comes to i really love the idea that you you mentioned to us that to bringing up the topic in the team before the new starter like how do we would we want to welcome how do we how could we be inclusive with a with a new employee but then as well having uh, regular like workshops if it once a half a year or once a year at least where you you're talking about working agreements and uh, and what kind of jargon like what kind of like what kind of jokes do we do we like in this team or like do we is everyone are, are everyone included uh, as it is at this moment how do i feel uh, working together uh, but also like how how um, for instance how do i when i when i receive information what's easiest for me is it through getting in, in text or do i need it auditive? and or do I like when it's painted on the wall together and just like hearing each other's opinions around like how do we want to collaborate and also include the new employee in this um and perhaps like do a, um do a thing like giving each one in the team, for instance, three minutes where you where you describe how what's important for me to feel included in the team, what's important for me when I work together and have everyone to speak out and no one else can interrupt for those three minutes. But just like having an ex- exercise like that, uh, that could be something that could help, for instance, when there is a team where someone always takes the lead and always talks and someone else is always quiet. So then like doing an exercise together like that could be something. I think it uh, could, could be valuable.
3: Yeah, I, I think I think that's a, a really a really good one. We, usually we we focus to present ourselves. We focus to say a few things about us so we can find some connections to each other. But I think talking about how do I feel inclusive, you know, the things that that I like in that area. I think that's, that's a good way to start going in, you know, exactly at the point uh, to this one. And and also the preparation for the team itself, not only taking this as, as a manager and, and mentor or buddy, responsibility to, to make this, to create this team environment or a good atmosphere for the newcomer, but also preparing the team a little bit. So everyone is aware, everyone is available if the person, so sometimes the person you know is not a match with the with the buddy uh, but they can find more open to, to someone else in the team. So I think that that's a, that's a really, really nice point.
2: Mm. And I think it's very like what you mentioned there, Andreas, that you do those check-ins with the teams, uh, like what is the culture in our team? How do we want to work together? How do we feel inclusive in our team? I think it's very good uh, to do that when someone new starts. So at least you do it then, but you should always do it uh, uh, every now and then. But I think it's a very good opportunity Opportunity when someone new starts to talk about that again, if you haven't done so for a while, so it's a very good opportunity. Yeah, to that
1: point, actually, uh, we always include someone from the team for which we are hiring in the on or in the hiring process, so they get like time in an interview, say an hour, just to talk with someone from the team. Actually, having these conversations upfront because you don't really want to, yeah. The the worst thing we could imagine is really that you start remote in a team for which the way to collaborate is just way off uh, the way you want to be collaborating. Um, So having those discussions, even during the hiring process, is really valuable for us to make sure that we don't get this misalignment when they then join the team later on.
0: Okay, cool. Victor, are you happy with everyone's sort of suggestions there? Yes, very much. Okay, cool. Do you have any closing thoughts?
3: Uh, well, many of them, but I think it, it is pretty much connected to, to to my reflections after everyone's input, so I'd say. So uh, I, I think that it, it is, a, is a long path to, to go into this one. I think every day we will start figuring out something new, something better to be done for this onboarding. Uh, of course, asking those uh, after a couple of time, a couple of months, what exactly could be better. I think it's a, it's a valid input to get some feedbacks from them as well. But uh, I, th- I think we are still learning into this one, but with really good inputs from you.
0: Okay, great, great. Well, dude, we'll move on. Now, Bjorn, We'll come to you next, my friend. Um Now, you came to me talking about how do we as leaders help teams um, with remote collaboration, e.g. one member works at night. How do you help to get the right information transferred to other members working during the daytime? And I know this also ties in with Victor's other question talking about openness within the team when working remotely. Now, let's focus more on Bjorn's question here. Bjorn, can you, you mind just... Going a little bit further into it for me. Yeah, sure. And
1: and kind of addresses a bit of around the things we talked about in the first question from Theresa. But really, like, how do we, when we have remote teams and when we as leaders are um, helping these teams uh, do their jobs, how can we then assist them in a good way to make sure that information actually flows um, in, a, in an optimal way? Because, like, there's no right or wrong way, but um, to the to the example, Christopher also mentioned that um, when we do remote, at least with Lunar, um, these autonomous teams is not—it's not like you do remote four to uh, uh, sorry uh, eight to five or something like that. You remote remotely work whenever the hours is fit for you. So some will work from um, eight at night to out the yeah in the nighttime and some will just have kids and wake up in the morning with them screaming and get to work uh, when whenever they're done with that. So how can we help the teams figure out how they um, sort of transition tasks or transition information from the things they're working on, um, say be it projects that someone has made progress on and wants to feedback that information into the teams. Um, so how really just I guess kind of well, it's put like, how do we as leaders, but it could as well just be like, how can we help the team um, make this information flow more freely when when especially we are working off hours to each other. Who
0: would like to jump in here? Go on, Andreas. You seem ready to go. Yeah, I, can,
4: yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think it's a very interesting uh, topic. And I can uh, say that I have, I mean, I've been working uh, with a, a bit on uh, async remote collaboration, but not for quite a while and uh, it's uh, but I, I i see it coming because i'm uh, going more and more into this uh context myself and uh, working very relo- remotely uh, partly uh, so one thing that I'm just thinking uh, is uh, I mean um, yeah as you, you mentioned I think that the structure on how you you work together that that absolutely is essential and uh, for, uh, one thing one structure could be for instance if you then hand over something to to maybe have a structure of like you, you, to start your working day and wrap up your working day with a really clear intention of like okay now we will be able like we will need to hand this over like to have that as like a daily routine of uh, starting the day or starting the meeting or uh, yeah with with that kind of routine so you so you so you have a clear routine of doing that and a very clear routine on how you date your how you date every meeting so so like that's something that i, I use google keep myself uh, uh, all the time i write books in google keep <laughs> insane but like for every project and topic i have but for everything that i do i always put the day and the, the date of the meetings because then then i will know when something was said and uh, like I, w- I will have an understanding of where where are we in, in the time flow and if I have a uh, regular meetings with LinkedIn that I have, like, I always put the date there. And when I hand something over and we have, for instance, I'm, I'm a project management, uh, I, I do a lot of project management within diversity inclusion work and to for others to pick up the work that we've been doing, like having the date of every meeting and, and like be really structured in that, like I barely never take any note in Google Keep without putting the date of uh, when I took this note. Because I've, if I'm not very structured in when I took this note, it could be that I got this information one week ago or one year ago, or was it was like, so it's having that date, I think it could be one, one thing. And uh, yeah, thoughts.
2: Yeah, I think you're onto something really important there Andreas and it's like structure and maybe discipline. <laughs> I believe you need to set up like the structure and the tools for a start so that we enable people to share information in easy ways. Um, so at least we provide them with the tools that's like first, but try also to help them with the structure, um, how to work with these tools so that uh, it can be easier said than done, right? Because you can always provide a tool, but if there's no clear structure on how to use it, it can quickly turn messy. That's from my experience. Uh, So um, like, yeah, too many communication channels, no structure way of knowing where to look. I mean, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, I don't also don't have that much um, experience yet, but I see that we really need to work towards working more with asynchronous, definitely. Otherwise, uh, we won't. Uh, yeah, we won't scale basically in the end. Uh, so uh, it's very important, and yeah, it's something that you need to um, look at. Um,
3: yeah, and- even from my side, I, I couldn't think something different than structure or agreement alignment within uh, either within the team, if, if you're talking about a, a specific team or small team or even cross-functional to have uh, and could go in, in many ways, I mean, sometimes even within the team to create this reporting or status reporting on a daily basis, our f- f- our famous data steering or even cross-functional alignments where we have this in a weekly, bi-weekly basis, just to catch up a little bit the status of the project or talking about issues we face or challenges we are foreseeing or, you know, things like that. But it all comes down to the structure, all comes down to what kind of process you are you are running or even the the agreement within the team how exactly this should be done and what manner it should be done as well.
2: And maybe also sometimes you get you need to get people to understand that they need also to take responsibility for obtaining information that someone else has left for them Uh, because that could also be a change of mindset that you need to go and read up on on shared information or or statuses or handovers that maybe was done before uh, by just talking or having a meeting, but now you need to go in and, and read up on information.
1: Yeah, I think that especially the last one actually really resonates with me, like having it comes down to too much what, what Andres also said, like having this working agreement and actually like if we provide status updates of the things we do on a daily basis, we are obliged to actually uh, keep in touch with these and, and make sure that we read them. So it just doesn't become a process for, for the process, I guess. So, yeah. Great. Thanks.
0: Okay, cool. Um, does anyone have any closing thoughts there? You're all happy with the I responses just, there, Bjorn? Oh, cool. Sorry.
4: I could just mention a very briefly, like two tools, like one, I actually saw demo today, which was called Notion. So I will, try that one out. It's a, like collaboration too. Another mm-hmm. one that I already know about that I think fancy is the uh, Favro. So just I guess the mm. two tools.
2: Two. Yes, at Matcha we work a lot with Notion. So we keep everything documented there and we even for uh, let's say demos uh, every team writes uh, what's been going on and uh, so even though you can't join the demo meeting you can read up uh, even beforehand Um, so it's a very good tool but uh, it needs structure as well otherwise (laughs) it can become messy as i said Uh, But it's a very good tool. Yeah. Okay, cool.
0: Sounds like we had a really good discussion there. And we'll move on to the last person on the list. Andreas himself, my man. Do you mind explaining what you meant with your question, which was what organisational benefits and challenges do you see when it comes to remote flexibility or work hour flexibility? Can you just divulge a bit further for us?
4: Yes, if I elaborate on that. So I mean, as uh, so, I mean, in in recruitment, and I just see increasingly the last years that like the flexibility is just more and more important, and the more the more a war of talent there is the more talent can also of course uh, yeah ask for uh, like to have a setup which fits them and uh, and organizations like need to follow more and more on this and uh, and uh, but it's uh but i see definitely both the challenges and opportunities in this uh and this is what something that like in my new company tagro we actually have that in the back of our heads already from the start when we shape our our new company so we want like a very flexible workplace both when it comes to like how much do you want to work and and uh, where do you want to work like so remote flexibility and work hour flexibility and that's something that's as a as a fundamental thing in our company uh but it's hard also at the same time for me to to really see what implications will this have like let's see that there will be employees that work maybe 40 percent and then there are others that work 80 or 100 percent so it's very hard to foresee how this will evolve but but we also want to have the courage to really go for it and and we actually see with our business model we see that we could have for instance subcontractors that could just work maybe four hours a week or six hours a week and still have like a really Good gain of working with us, and then there might be future employees that work 80 or 100 percent. But we also want to encourage in our new company that people might just work 60 or 80 percent to be able to do their own entrepreneurial thing at the side or be a musician, as, as me. Like, I, I for me, I don't want to end up working 60 or 80 hours a week just because I'm an entrepreneur, but rather the opposite, I want to work maybe. 20 and 30 percent of my time uh, of my time with the with the company. Uh, even though I'm very very passionate, but I'm passionate about many things. So I was curious to hear your thoughts on this, like benefits and challenges you see with uh, with this kind of flexibility.
2: I could get. I guess I could start just saying maybe like something that's a bit obvious, but maybe, but uh, the. A benefit with remote flexibility, that is of course recruitment. So being able to work in a flexible remote environment, that means you can hire from other geographical places, so you can broaden the nets and find talents from all over the world. Uh, so it's easier to build a more diverse team. Uh, so that's, of course, a benefit that I see.
1: Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> from, from my perspective, it is, it is sure a benefit, but it's also one of the the super challenging stuff, especially when, when you are starting stuff up, like doing startups with fully remote. Uh, it is really addressing all of the other questions we had, like mm-hmm. how can we ensure culture? How can we make sure that people are onboarded correctly? How do we uh, manage uh, communication flows? Like those things really needs to be on the forefront of of your mind when organizing stuff like this because otherwise it's just going to be i guess a mess uh in in practice mm. but it, it is sure something that that workforce is looking for and um i can project this to me myself that i work uh, a good what five quarters from my uh the the nearest physical location that I could go into. Uh, I'd rather spend two and a half hours a day with my family than um, commuting in a car. Um, So for me, this is super important that I can decide when to move to where and and work from from where I need to and also move the hours around. So that will keep me engaged and that's going to keep me attracted to the company because that really makes it clear that I can work fitting my time and make sure that I give you the value that you want from me. Uh, and, and and as long as there's a good trust between us this is going to be mm. something good but as soon as it starts like going in the opposite direction where you lose the trust and, and start requiring reporting or status reports and, and all that stuff then we're going to drift apart from each other so I think that's mm. one of the the key challenges is getting especially when you're starting out like how can you kickstart that trust relationship between you and, and employees and figuring out how to to do that because the benefits are are many like I I really believe that working this way is is far superior to to a lot of other things and then meet up for the social stuff if that's something you need and and want to but but keep the company as a a professional setting for for just doing work Um, make sure that that just is possible Mm -hmm. um,
3: you can. Yeah, my, my thoughts are pretty much what Bjorn said regarding the benefits. I, I haven't thought much regarding the challenges, but of course, I think they are, they are clear. But the benefits is, I think, quite obvious as well. I mean, you become more attractive, you become, if you are more efficient for the company, you, you see the increase in productivity as well. Uh It mainly based on trust, so you can regulate your own working hours, you can uh focus at the right time i mean many of us we're we different from each other some of us are morning person some of us are night person so we can put focus at the right time for us so we, uh, when we can accommodate everything with our personal things as well and i mean in a, 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 a company that can promote this kind of environment or a cultural uh environment where you can yeah uh, be a, be a uh, yeah. You, you can do like that. I think that's that's fantastic.
1: I think maybe when when you're doing like startups or um, trying to it's sort of like something I really want to be weary talking about because uh, it's kind of uh, an unpopular opinion, but uh, I believe that in, in a lot of cases, putting people together in a room can spark a lot of at least energy, if not innovation, then just energy for the team. So if you start out just... Uh, building the organization remotely, um, you're going to have to find ways to like balance this out some way. So you still make sure that everyone feels like we are in fact on the same mission. I'm just not doing some tasks that I got in a task management system and mm-hmm. um, being just a say for it, a code monkey or something. So you really want to figure out, um, especially in the beginning, how can you make focus and mission and vision for the company that you're trying to build in a good way. And then of course, from there, figure out what positions can you then maybe allow more flexibility? Uh, in what positions can you allow 40% work flexibility where you just really you don't need someone all the time all week. Uh, but yeah, you need to be mindful of that. It is very specific positions that can support this because if you need to spend a day catching up on what you did last week, then 40% is already pretty low um, on like a productivity level. So. Yeah,
2: mm. yeah I, I agree. I think the benefits are many, but you need to have like, uh, what, like you said, Björn, what we have talked about, uh, all those uh, processes and uh, structures in place, like the core needs to be <laughs> strong and then yeah. you can, yes. yeah.
0: Okay, fantastic. Andreas. Hey. are you quite happy with the answers there? Super, super happy <laughs> uh, very nice meeting you all. Yes. Okay. Well, that sort of wraps it up. It has been another Evolution Exchange podcast. I want to thank this. I'll take this opportunity to thank everyone here. Bjorn, Therese, uh, Victor, Andres. Thanks so much uh, for jumping on. And uh, thank you for listening. You guys um, at home or in the office or in the car, wherever you are. Really do appreciate it. Thank you very much.